Thank you for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Good. You? How are things? Very good. Uh, very, uh, things are good. Uh, we're having sort of kind of a summer in the fall in Houston, but yeah. Uh, and kids are back to school. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think for all of our listeners, knowing that Samir lives in Houston, we'd like to know that he is he is doing okay. I mean, I'm sure he obviously kind of gives a little glimpse of what happened, but, you know, Samir lived through the hurricane and was able to come out unscathed. So that's a, that's a big deal for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> yes, alive yeah, and well. That's, so, that's what really matters. <laughs> so today is an absolutely fantastic day. Um, from all of the podcasts that we've done, today is the first day that we actually have a special guest live on air, and we are absolutely thrilled. So let, let me start real fast with a little bit of introduction to a guy named Dave Rigotti. So if you want to look him up, go to LinkedIn, you'll find him there. If you want to go to a company called Visible, you'll find Dave there because Dave is the vice president of marketing at Visible, and they're actually the marketing uh, market leader in B2B marketing attribution solutions. So in addition, Dave is also a co-founder and he serves on the board of a marketing operations association called marketingops.com. Please check that out. Also before Visible, Dave worked at Microsoft on the Bing marketing team and graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship and marketing from the University of Toledo. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation and an honor to be your, your first guest on the podcast. We are really excited, too. If, yeah, we'll, we're we'll very excited. We'll do a virtual high five or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Nice. So let, let's start with a simple question, though. Um, a lot of our listeners actually know who Visible or what Visible is. So let's start with that. So really, what is Visible and you know, what do you guys do? At its core, Visible is all about connecting marketing to revenue. Um, we, nice. we do that with looking at what's happened in the past and connecting that to sales outcomes, opportunities, leads, pipeline revenue um, with um, a, a concept called attribution. So taking all of these marketing interactions and saying, here's the, the value of all the interactions that you're having. And, of course, the cost side of that of, well, here's how much it costs you to have those interactions, and then ultimately, you know, what's the ROI of, of, of all of our efforts? Um, so we do that from looking in the past, you know, attribution, and then we recently started doing it looking into the future. So um, connecting planning much more closely to revenue and um, especially being, helping marketing function and CMOs have answers um, run through scenarios and have a much bigger voice at the revenue table alongside CEO, finance, nice. sales. So nice. that's core. That's, that's what we do here at Visible. That, that's nice. And, and I know, Samir, I would ask you a question, but I, you know, one of the things that Samir and I always focus on is, is the new age of marketing. And whether it be you know, marketing ops or a digital marketing role or any type of marketing role, we see now that marketing has to have a seat at the leadership table in order to make a difference in that company, in order to affect the bottom line. So, you know, so yeah, and I think that? that's that's yeah. where uh, you know I, I wanted to ask uh, specifically Dave, like he is in the midst of it, and especially working with different marketing organization, uh, uh, 
and maybe I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead of uh, the sure. question, but I think you know one quick question, Dave, to get your perspective. Are you seeing that happening in more and more organizations where marketing is becoming kind of the front and the center of the decision making process, whereas previously it was all about sales and um, you know CFO and folks like those? Yeah, I I really think so, and I'll I'll share a few different perspectives to sort of back that up. Um, I've been at Visible for for four years now. And I think in the B2B space, the concept of, of attribution and performance marketing, um, even four years ago, it was foreign to the majority of people. I think it still is. But um, a lot of the conversations I would have four years ago is around, well, what is attribution or what does that mean or why should I care? Um, and, and today, that's really changed to be much more proactive of, I really understand what multi-touch attribution is. and. Nice. Do you guys do X, Y, and Z, which is, you know, great for us. Uh, um, so that's been one thing of just the maturity of the market that I've seen a lot kind of happen over the next – or over the last few years. And I think part of that is, is being driven by CEOs and, and CMOs and VPs of sales kind of demanding that, that marketing align with the rest of the organization on a common metric, which for everyone else in the organization, it's revenue – you know, why not marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- that's been one really big one. I think we're, you, you've also seen some companies that where marketing didn't have that seat, they promote a VP of sales to a, a CRO. And so a, a sales grown CRO that then the VP of marketing reports into. So you yeah. almost have like, I, I've seen headlines of, oh, marketing is eating sales. And I, I, I've seen much more of the opposite of where sales is eating marketing, at least from an organization perspective. We, we've definitely seen that in our careers, too. I mean, it's it, it's been kind of a crazy thing to where you think, you know, I, you would think that in 2017 companies would, would get that. <laughs> you know? But, you know, it, it's just one of those interesting things. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I really understand that, you know, what you're going through here and the kind of things you're talking about, it's pretty amazing to see how, how the, the industry has changed and, you know, how the average digital marketer today knows infinitely more about terms like attribution or multi-touch, you know, rather than talking about just simply terms like first-click and last-click attribution. You know, I, I'm sure you've seen that on the circuit, too. It's just pretty amazing, the growth uh, of the industry and the people in it. Yeah, and also across the team too, right? Like not just in the analytics function, but um, empowering the team to understand what that means and the the difference between attribution models and, and why this matters. You know, um, like field marketing. So three years ago, field marketing was not included in most people's models um, or, or sales enablement efforts like sales dinners. Um, like today our customers are doing that. Um, so we've seen it expand beyond even some of the digital roles um, into to, to more traditional channels and even into the sales team. So it, it's been a really exciting transition to, to see happen here these last few years. Very cool. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I think that's a fantastic thing because I've, I've personally experienced that, I think including field as a part of the entire marketing portfolio and then you know eventually also adding all the sales uh related activities so we're kind of you're heading uh so you know having said that let's let's focus on the next one jeremy sure 
Yeah, so uh, this, this one, I want to little even add to this question. So the next one is really, can you explain more about just really your role at Visible? And then the second part of that is, you know, we know that this field, this type of marketing is constantly evolving. You know, within your role, are you more of a learning role or a teaching role, or how do you guys learn about new things within your teams? Oh, I really like that one. Um, yeah, I should probably tell all the listeners uh, you know, what I'm doing at Visible. I... Um, I'm the VP of marketing here. I've been here for, for four years now, kind of the first marketing hire, and uh, sort of my career has grown um, as our as our company has grown. Um, I lead everything that's essentially I, I essentially lead everything that's not product marketing, so um, growth marketing, um, if you will. So everything from our, our partner channel to demand generation to to field marketing, okay. and um, I find that I'm, I think, constantly in learning and teaching mode. Um, I really enjoy learning from our customers and how they think about the space and what they're doing. I really enjoy learning from our product team, um, kind of one of the really cool benefits of doing marketing to marketers and like having software for marketers is you get to play around with it first. <laughs> so they're educating me about New York is the product, and I'm kind of in that learning mode, and then you know I get to go teach the team on how to use that or, or talk to our customers about it. So um, I think that's one one of the really fun aspects of my job is to be like literally the first person on the planet who's doing something new and exciting with um, in connecting marketing to revenue, which is which is pretty fun. Nice. Nice, very cool. And I think Samir and I have talked about that in, in prior, you know, podcasts is that, you know, you, you cannot stop learning. You, you consistently yeah. have to be going out there, doing research, listening to podcasts like Analytics Today, right? Or you, you have to go out and you, you got to be in the circuit because the, the industry evolves. I mean, it's sometimes yeah. you, you ha- your head's down for six months and then you perk up and try to figure out, holy crap, what is this new new trend coming out and you completely missed it so yeah that's exciting and i think especially being at the forefront of a company that is doing a lot of cool things which uh, visible it is uh where uh it's very interesting to be in a marketing role in that company because people are going to look up to you uh, dave and you know kind of ask you questions that they're trying to solve for a long time and then you know, probably thinking about, like, hey, Dave's probably already solved that. <laughs> he He's at Visible, and he's uh, at the forefront of these things. He's talking to different customers. How, how do you feel about that? There, there, there's certainly an extra element of pressure uh, in marketing to marketers. And, um, you know, I think any anyone who's who's in the MarTech space, I'm, I'm sure, will, will tell you that we, we hold ourselves to to high bar. Like anyone who's marketing to marketers, you, you, your marketing, you know, your marketing's constantly being judged. <laughs> um, so the, the other folks that I've talked to in this space, just like, yeah, like we, we spend, we take extra passes on our emails. We, we spend extra time thinking about our message more than we normally would because hey, we're we're we're, we're chatting with really smart people. Um, we're, we're we're chatting with people who really get the space, have complex needs, and and. Um, I think that it it creates more challenges, but I think that's way more exciting. Um, I, I joke like I don't know if I could ever go do marketing for like like a consumer packaged good or something. Uh, 
solving like big problems is to me um, and, and fulfilling like those kind of needs is just so much more exciting. Great, awesome, fantastic. Yeah, sorry, there's a beeping, <laughs> a beeping here, right? Um, so the next question, let's let's go into that. So really, when you made that move from Microsoft to Visible, you know, what inspires you to make a move going from one of those large, secured, you know, big corporate companies to something? <laughs> what was that enticement for you? Right. Yeah, it's it's almost opposite. <laughs> um, being part of an organization that's 100,000 people and then an organization that was eight people when I when I started here. Um, you know, I think I, I got an offer to join Microsoft right out of college and uh, was, was truly blessed to get that offer. And um, it was just one of those things, you know, you realize you have a lot to learn and that's like a fantastic place to learn. Um, budgets are so big. There's just so many really smart people in tech. So I had a really good time there. I spent almost five years there, learned a lot more than I thought I needed to learn. Um, I thought I knew a lot of things, but I had no idea what I was doing. Nice. Um, nice. And um, so then I decided I studied entrepreneurship. I'd always wanted to move to a small company and was super picky about what company I went to. Um, it wasn't just, hey, I just want to go work for a startup. It was, I want to go work for a startup that they really know what they're doing. They're, they're actually solving problems for, for customers. Um, and that kind of eventually led me to to, to visible, and um, you know it's been it's been quite a ride. Been here four years, and I'm sure I'll be here another four years. And um, I think it was it's partly kind of personal desire, and to to go to a startup and to do marketing to marketers, and then also just the products. Like it's fun to be working on a product that's that's winning in the market and. Um, you know, I, I kind of equate it to like an icebreaker where we were the first to kind of take a path and we have to work really hard um, to, to sort of break that ice. But by definition of being an icebreaker, you reach the end point first. You, everyone else has to kind of follow your, your, your path that you, that you choose. Um, so it, I'm obviously very glad I made that choice. and. And having a really good time. Oh yeah, I mean, you basically have to do what you love, and and to be in an industry like that, and to move, yeah. and so you got to do what you love. So let, let's move over into a different kind of topic here. Um, so one of the things is that you know a lot of people, our audience may understand, you know, what is visible, what do they do? They're probably looking you up on a website right now, and all this, all these different <laughs> things. But the other thing is, you know, Samir and I talk a lot about the marketing stack, you know, the marketing technology stack. And, you know, one of the yeah. things is, as a data marketer, a data-driven marketer is really understanding, you know, what your stack is, the tools that you have in your stack, the type of data that's, that's outputted from that stack and also the data that's inputted. So where does Visible fit within that marketing stack or that marketing technology stack? Yeah, I'll answer this sort of two ways. I'll speak kind of about our individual tech stack and then how I see the, the marketing technology landscape. For, for Visible, the, the, the company, we, um, we have a really, we think of sales and marketing tech stack as, as one. Um, so we really care deeply about sales and marketing alignment. We have a large outbound team. Um, that generates more demand than, than our marketing team does, and we do a lot to support them. 
So we have really connected systems, and we found that it, it's easier to use one system than, than try to connect different systems together. So one example is, is we use uh, our, our sales automation technology. We use outreach.io. We power all of our email through that, um, and we send it from an individual human who reviews it, who deeply understands the prospects. So we don't do, for example, marketing automation-based nurturing. Um, because we care so much about that alignment and that we're not sending emails from, from Mark Animation, they're sending emails and, you know. Um, so we have a really connected sort of tech stack um, in, that, in that way. Um, a lot of it drives around Salesforce. We see the Salesforce at CRM as that hub that um, everything connects into from sales automation to visible for, for analytics reporting. Um, to things like PFL for sending direct mail. So there's a lot of kind of things that drive off of that, but ultimately connect into one place, which I think is really important so that you can always have an understanding of just what have we said to this prospect before? What have we sent them? What haven't we? You know, we know that contacts get shuffled around in sales quite a lot, and we want to have that whole history there. We want to have that relationship um, that journey of that relationship in in, in one location. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we kind of think our, our tech stack at, at Visible. More broadly, I think of uh, let's we'll take um, let's 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 talk about Scott Brinker's Martech landscape. Yes, um, I love it. I'm sure yeah. we've we've probably have all all seen it. Um, I think this latest year has over 5,000 marketing. Yes, marketing vendors on that, marketing technology vendors on it. Yep. Uh, I, I like to think of the workflow. So there's all these 5,000 vendors. Like, what do they all do? Um, I like to think about, you know, what are we doing in marketing? Um, we, sh- we should buy tools and technologies to help us solve problems, not just for the sake of, you know, having an ego about how many tools we have. And mm-hmm. I I think of the workflow as uh, of a marketing team as planning, executing, as part of executing is, is optimizing, and then measuring, um, and measuring at sort of a broad level and that is connected to your corporate systems and you're speaking the same language as finance and sales, et cetera. So if we think of like, hey, that's our workflow, and then the measurement kind of plans pulled back into planning. So if we think about marketers, we plan, we execute, we measure, we plan again, we execute, we measure. And if you were to take the, those the 5,000 technologies on that landscape and then sort of put them on the workflow, I think you'd find that like 99.9% help you execute and very little is out there to help you effectively measure and, and, and plan. Um, and I think this is the a, a shift we're going to see in the market where Marketing teams, we've been tasked with executing when, you know, sales at the end of the month, they get up, they say, here's how much revenue we drove. You know, they're never going to say, here's how many, you know, how many emails sales sent or how many phone calls we have or how many meetings we have with the prospects. Like, none of that matters. It's just the results. And for the longest time, marketing has been talking about what they've done, like what they've executed and the activities that they've done. And I, I think the technologies out there, are, are sort of a reflection of that. Like marketers care about deeply about executing. Now that we're starting to hold ourselves as, as marketers more accountable to 
driving revenue and, and having great measurement, and then ultimately, like, how do we go plan for that? Um, you know, I think, and we get asked those kind of questions more. I think we'll see that that measurement and planning kind of pieces of this technology broadly in the landscape and you know at companies uh, gets gets much more robust. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I think two things that you spoke about and like that's very interesting. Like one thing is, uh, you know, you you talked about the whole uh, technology landscape, and you guys see that as a sales and marketing combined landscape, which was very interesting and uh, kind of you know made me think about that. And then the other part that was very interesting that you talked about was uh, how the technology landscape is filled with the uh, execution-based technology, not necessarily measurement and planning. I kind of feel that as well, looking at the landscape. It's just so much uh, of an execution going on and so little of, you know, what does that really mean and, you know, what's the strategic uh, output. Uh, some of the companies that do really well, and I think they're building some technology around, like serious decisions come to my mind is one of them that's focused uh, primarily on strategy and, and measurement uh, fundamentals versus very few uh, are kind of similar, like visible is definitely one of them. Um, so th that's a great point. So those two definitely resonated with me a lot. No, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's it's just amazing to see how all this works together. And one of the things that just that 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 caught my eye or caught my mind is is when you talked about how all of your tools are connected within your marketing stack. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, did you guys kind of do your own marketing hack? You know, did did you basically hack the your own marketing stack to ensure that all of your tools talk together? Because that is something that most digital marketers cringe at when you know you ask them the question is how much of your data is actually integrated or how much fragmented data are you dealing with or how fragmented is your ecosystem, your marketing ecosystem? So it seems like you've got you guys have done a pretty cool hack to be able to connect all those together. Yeah, we've we've done a bit there. Um and some of it is just our sort of methodologies. Nice. One is using best of breed solutions. So I'd rather a few best of breed solutions than one that that does okay across many things. Um, just because we hold ourselves to that high bar that I was kind of talking about before, mm -hmm. and um, we always want to be using the latest and greatest things. So we're very kind of best of breed centric. And the other thing is we're very Salesforce-centric, uh, so if it, if it doesn't integrate with Salesforce and do a great job of creating activity records or um, connect into contacts and accounts and, and only leads and ops, then we're not going to use it. Um, we care. We do very deep reviews on how things integrate with our CRM because we need that. We need that everything just to speak together. And and luckily, Salesforce is an amazing platform that helps us do that. And then, you know, we have a really amazing sales ops team that does a lot of custom stuff on top of that to, to make yeah. sure that it, it runs smoothly. Um, they're, they're very amazing. Um, but it starts with having um, methodologies around, like, what is, what holds the, what is the source of truth? Um, and, and what isn't? Um, where are we going to look? And what do we want to integrate with what? And do we want one-off connections between a bunch of tools, or do we all want them to point to, to one location? So we said, hey, smart. we want everything to point to one location. Yeah, I, I think that's really smart, and, and you know, that's something uh, you know, Samir and I talk about a lot, and I, kudos to you guys for getting that figured out. <laughs> so uh, thanks. 
let, let me let me jump to something different here. Um, you know, because you had a lot of great conversation, really about you know the role that the visible plays and how you guys you know really just play in the market. So one of the things I want to know, let's talk about the future. So we talk about attribution, right? And a lot of people they're really yeah. you know I Smear and I believe in this idea. There's like a 30-60-10 rule out there. There's 60% of just marketers who are really trying to stay above water. You know what I mean? They understand the term attribution. They kind of know what it is, but they're really not able to get there just yet. And then there's about 30% of them who get it and are trying it. And they're making the effort to really build out a strong attribution model um, and understand where attribution plays within their marketing. But, you know, they don't really have it down to a science, but they're trying. And then there's about 10% who just get it. These are the smart people. So one of the things is, Based on that, you know, based on that level of understanding, based on you see where attribution is today and where it's going, where do you see the attribution industry heading? Like, wh wh where are your predictions? Like, where is it going to go? Uh, I, I first want to kind of answer a little bit or add a little perspective sure. on my thoughts on how people approach attribution. Go for it. And I think one one thing that I see people or companies get really hung up on, um, or, or really, like, I guess they're related, um, it, it's um, they're doing some lightweight measurement today. They've said, we want to have attribution. And then you go to try to build the very most perfect, absolutely catches every edge case, the most amazing thing that's ever been built ever, and, and try to go implement that from like a... a Something you're going from something very simple to something incredibly complex, um, which is is great to have that vision and say that's what we what we need. But um, I know it's kind of like going from like, a, like riding a scooter or a skateboard to like getting in a Formula One car. Like nice. there's yeah. middle steps there to go do that. Like you need to learn how to drive. Yeah. Um, so m my advice is like if you're if you kind of get the concept, like you're okay, yes, we need to measure many marketing touches and tie them to revenue. Um, start with something like basic or out of the box and don't get too hung up on what are ultimately usually very small edge cases with um, in, in B2B companies like what if somebody saw my tweet and then bought or how do we want to track like somebody who like walked by our office and saw our logo on the door, like these things, like sure that like maybe it happens, but you're ignoring 80% of the other things that you're not tracking today to try to, you know, get that 1% kind of finalized. So I always say like have that formula one vision, but start with learning how to drive and, and get, build up that skill set internally and re reporting and like how you go talk about that. Makes sense. Um, so where's the attribution kind of industry heading? Yeah. Um, I think it's really exciting, it's first of all. <laughs> it's a tough uh, question. Yeah, we, the, I think the attribution industry overall is going to have a bit of an existential crisis almost. Um, so at, at attribution at its core is all about taking, it's all about reporting what's happened in the past. So. These interactions already happened. These sales outcomes have already happened. 
like you've already generated revenue from these touches from a while ago, and then reporting that out, which is great. Like, yeah, you need to be you need to be measuring the past. Um, the the reason we we measure the past or the reason we look at what, what's already happened, like in marketing and like in every other world scenario, is so that we can predict and change the future. Um, if, if you're not gonna kind of do anything with that data, it's 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 useless. Like you're you're actually spending money for something that you're never gonna get return on. So the reason we're all we're all measuring. Attribu we have attribution and reporting out is so that we can go optimize and change the future. So, but if you think about it, a lot of measurement tools don't don't actually do this. Um, maybe there'll be projections, but not um, a, a dedicated way to, to to plan, which is ultimately like what we're trying to do. So, we we have come to market recently with the first way to sort of take that historical data and then go help you forecast and reject, almost like a, like a sales team does. Mm -hmm. um, they're very, I think they're very good at that um, in, a, in a short term, like what's going to happen this month or what's going to happen this quarter. Um, you think about like how much does a, like a, a VP of sales spends a lot of time on that. Um, a VP of marketing or a CMO like spends not that much time on that. Um, and they just, you just, it's very hard to do. Um, now say, okay, a CMO's got to go think about not what's happening this month, but what's happening next quarter or even a year or two from now. Um, it gets much harder. So I think we're going to see, I think we're already seeing the attribution industry heading towards giving more tools and insights to help people plan, to help marketing leaders plan. I like that. Um, I like that. That's the value that... At, that's what you're got buying attribution to, to ultimately do, and it's it's pretty manual right now. Like the data is past data is great, but kind of have to be manual about it. The insights for the future. Um, so I think we'll see much more around that um, in the coming years. I like that, and, and I think this is something that Samir and I have seen too. In you know just in our experience with that is this whole push towards you know, AI and uh, predictive mm -hmm. analytics and predictive intelligence. And it, it definitely, definitely is going that direction. So, Samir, so cool. Now we're going to play like a little bit of tag team. Uh, I'm going to jump okay. and ask a few questions. Uh, Go for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. So one of my questions is, uh, I, I was looking at your profile and I found that you have a, and I actually went to the website, uh, you know, the company called marketingops.com. So tell me more about it. Like, what is it? Is it an organization? What are you trying to achieve with it? You know, so we we can enlighten our audience. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited to be a co-founder and, and currently running MarketingOps.com. I started it because I wanted to. I, I really like learning from peers. I think I, I learn a lot from from blogs and, and podcasts, of course, um, but I also learn about. With, from others, just having lunch or, or talking, um, hearing the good and the bad stories that maybe you don't always get um, in, in more of a public setting. And so I try to go find something for, for marketing ops, like what are, what are people doing, like what's working, what's not, like how is this industry changing, and it's certainly changed a lot. You know, you think about the role of, of marketing operations. It's gone from managing marketing automation to now managing marketing animation, managing um, um, attribution and insights and reporting to 
you know, eventually managing that the planning aspect. So it's become a, a almost a, a thankless role that you only knew existed when Marketo emails broke to powering the marketing team. And I wanted to learn about how people were making that transition and what they were doing and what are they learning. And so I tried to go find just a forum to go have that and ask people and it didn't really exist. So um, I started marketingops.com um, to pull together all those conversations. We have some 500 members now that are actively on the forum, sharing insights, um, talking about tools and technologies. Um, and um, we just published our first research report. Com um, we just surveyed the marketing operations community, did a salary benchmark. And so people are, are actively taking that salary benchmark report and kind of deciding, like, am I getting paid enough or not? Um, you know, that's something that uh, tools like um, compensation tools like aren't going to pick up the latest in, in new roles. Um, so my goal here is just educate and um, help support the marketing operations industry. And um, I think we're technically a, a trade association, so it's it's not some like thought leadership marketing campaign. It's like really truly a, a fun community that I'm excited to be part of. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. awesome. Yeah. I was just uh, looking at the the salary report. It's pretty interesting. You know, definitely very useful asset when you're at the negotiation table. Uh, but that's <laughs> good. Uh, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. I'm probably gonna you know and try to join in there and probably have a participation in this forum. So good stuff. Awesome. Uh, my Thank next you. question, uh, and probably one of the last questions we have here is. Uh, Anything else that you would like to share uh, with our audience that we probably may have missed in the question section? I think I'll just, I'll just recap with, as marketers, the goal of marketing is to grow a company. Now, we do that through running ads. We do that through great product marketing. We do that with a great brand experience. That, that's like how we get to our goal. But the goal of our function it, it, it needs to be growth. That's why we get marketing budget. Um, and I, I think, like, remember that. Um, there's lots of reasons to do PR. We certainly do it, all those things. Um, but the goal of our, of our marketing is always to drive revenue. And we, I'm measured on revenue. I'm compensated on a revenue. It's the same way our sales leader is, the same way our success leader I don't care if revenue comes from net new customers or expansion customers. Like, that's all all good. Um, like a dollar's a dollar to the company, and um, it's really changed the way that we operate as a company, interact with, with those various stakeholders, and um, it's 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 removed a lot of the negative aspects of doing B two B marketing, that relationship with the sales team, and made it much more positive, like it's really awesome to have a sales team excited about a marketing campaign and, and put effort behind it and work together and you do so much more. So I think my, the last thing there is just, you know, remember that as marketers, our goal is to grow the company and that's why we exist and to like make sure you're measuring it, make sure you're aligned with that and um, make sure that, you know, you're thinking about it across everything that you do. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. It's to simplify the role of a marketer. I mean, a lot of times you you forget what you're supposed to do, and a lot of times, like, well, I guess I guess I'm here to grow the. I like it. It's I like it. 
definitely great. Sometimes we'll drive fewer leads, or sometimes we'll even drive fewer opportunities as a marketing team if we know it's going to lead to more revenue, or we expect it to lead to more revenue, which is not yep. typical of a marketing organization. It's had so much clarity to the decision-making process and made it more, more fun, for sure. It's where smart marketers come to play. I love it. Great. One last question, and then uh, we'll, we'll close it. Uh, you know, what's your favorite marketing operations uh, blog? Uh, and then what would, what's probably a book that comes to your mind that you would recommend for our listeners? Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, I enjoy Matt Hines' blog a lot. I think Matt's been out there talking about marketing performance management and um, for, for quite a while. And um, he, he's here in Seattle too, so maybe that, that's part of it as well. And, um, but I think Matt writes a lot of great stuff. So usually if Matt's writing something, I'll, I'll go out and read it. Um, in terms of a good book, um, there's a lot of classic marketing books that uh, I've, I've been reading lately. A lot of things around product marketing, like um, uh, positioning or, or, or play bigger. And I, I consider myself a, a data marketer and maybe coming back to continuing learning and kind of pushing ourselves in, in new ways. But I find if you're able to understand how to create a category, um, your marketing is just so much more powerful. So lately I've been reading a lot about product marketing, even though maybe it's not core to my, my role. I, I, I deeply appreciate all the work that, that goes into great product marketing. Nice. That's very cool. And, and Samir and I definitely uh, ourselves have an appreciation for product marketing as well as marketing ops, having us done both of those. So mm-hmm. this has been absolutely fantastic. And Dave Rigotti, thank you again for being our first um, live interview. And it's just, it's been absolutely fabulous to be here on our, we- on, on our podcast. And, and Samir and I can't thank you enough. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. No problem. And so uh, to our audience again, thank you again. Come check out our new website, www.analyticstodaypodcast.com. And uh, there you'll be able to um, you know, get some notes uh, from today's podcast with Dave Rigotti, and you'll be able, to, you know, be able to stream us live from the website. And thank you again. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Samir. And uh, we'll see you guys another day. See you in the air. Thanks. Thank you.